Good evening. November 1st, huh? Wow, we're already well into fall. And folks, I got to say something. It would be a mistake. It would be wrong to say there was a smoking gun indicating Joe Biden's alleged corruption. It would be wrong to say that. A smoking gun. You can't say that. No, you can't. Because there are three, not one, not a smoking gun, but three smoking guns. Absolutely. And if you haven't heard about them, I'm not actually surprised. You know, I've been talking about them. Newsmax has. However, you'll be surprised how people in conservative media, if the New York Times doesn't say something happened, then it didn't happen, even for conservatives. Conservatives, a lot of them like to grumble about what the mainstream media sets as the agenda, but they don't bother with setting the record straight themselves. They just go with the flow. That's all it works. And since the New York Times has not acknowledged any of this, somehow it doesn't exist, but it does. Let's review some of the things we've learned since Labor Day. This check to Joe Biden from his brother, James Biden, for $200,000. Yep. Uh, let's see. March 1st, 2018. All right. At that point, Joe Biden is an ex-vice president of the United States. It is to Joseph R. Biden Jr. Yep, that is Joe Biden. Robinette is his middle name from Sarah and James Biden, his brother and his sister-in-law, Sarah. And let's just take a look at that amount one more time. $200,000. Now, those who have seen this check on the left, and not many have, say, well, wait a second, this is a loan repayment. Well, it says right there, it's a loan repayment. So obviously Joe just made a loan to his brother because he's that kind of guy, just a great guy. <sighs> yeah, they say that with a straight face. Jim Comer is the House Oversight Committee, and he is a hero, and he is underrated and overlooked, but he's got the evidence, and it keeps coming in. Watch. On March 1st, 2018, AmeriCorps wired a $200,000 loan into James and Sarah Biden's personal bank account, not their business bank account. And then on the very same day, James Biden wrote a $200,000 check from this same personal bank account to Joe Biden. Oh, this is explosive. Very explosive. AmeriCorps was a company they paid James Biden because James Biden promised he could get them business from the Middle East because his name was Biden. Biden brothers don't have any skill. They don't have any product to sell. They just have the name. Well, they didn't get any business. They had to pay James Biden hundreds of thousands of dollars, including $200,000. On March 1st, that very same day, he writes his brother a check for $200,000. This stinks. And so does this. Joe Biden, in June of 2017, after all those years in government, just a few months out of government, dropped $2.75 million in cash for that beach house he loves so much. He spent th a third of his presidency there. You know who spends this kind of cash? Super duper rich people. Must be nice, you know, you don't have to go mortgage broker, closings and all that stuff, like regular schnooks. You can just write a great big fact check. And it's possible that he is super duper rich. I also hear that people buy real estate, sometimes in cash, to launder money. This is a real problem for Joe. It really is. And then we have this today. Another check written to Joe Biden uh, by James and Sarah Biden. This time, the one who signed the check was actually not Jim Biden, the brother, but Sarah, the sister-in-law, again, for $40,000. Uh, oh, 
It just says loan repayment. It must be another loan repayment. Sure. Congressman Comer from the House Oversight Committee. Again, he released this today. Their committee did. And, uh, well, let's take a look. Where did this money come from? First, Northern International Capital, a Chinese company associated with CEFC, wired $5 million to Hudson West 3, a joint venture established by Hunter Biden and a CEFC associate. Then Hudson West 3 sent $400,000 to an entity owned and controlled by Hunter Biden. Next, Hunter Biden wired $150,000 to Lion Hall Group, a company owned by James and Sarah Biden. Sarah Biden then withdrew $50,000 in cash from Lion Hall Group. Later the same day, she deposited it into her and James Biden's personal checking account. A few days later, Sarah Biden cut a check to Joe Biden for $40,000. I had it blown up again, Ed McMahon style. It's all here. And can I see that again? It's not complicated. It's actually not that complicated. Uh, the mainstream media, they want you to think, oh, this is all hocus pocus. No, it's not. It's, um, it's pretty straightforward, actually. We can follow this. And when Joe Biden did something like this, if he did engage in this kind of scheme, and it certainly looks like they have the evidence that he did, that means we're all kind of sold out. In taking funds sourced to a CCP-linked company that wanted to advance China's interest, Joe Biden exposed himself to future blackmail and put America's interest behind his own desire for money. America's interest behind his own desire for money. That, uh, that really rings true. More than rings true, we're seeing the evidence all over the place, and the evidence is in plain sight. Rich guy Joe Biden, hmm? And all the laptop stuff, the text messages, the documents going back, well, going back years. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is coming from China. And what is it with Joe with China? Remember how he'd run around telling everybody how friendly he was with President Xi, yet let that balloon fly over our country and not do anything about it? Notice how tough President Trump is on China and how strangely easygoing Joe is when it comes to all things China. I have many people from China that I do business with. They laugh at us. They, they feel we're fools. You know, they're getting away with absolute murder. China's a great nation. And we should hope for the continued expansion. Tough I don't want to lose $300 billion a year to China when we can't afford to build schools for our children, when we can't afford to build highways, when we can't afford to build railways, okay. when we can't afford to build bridges. I want money to be invested in jobs and in this country. I don't want to rebuild China. A rising China is a positive, positive development, not only for China, but for America and the world writ large. It was China's fault. And China is going to pay a big price what they've done to this country. China is going to pay a big price what they've done to the world. This was China's fault. And just remember that. 554,064 American dead from COVID-19. A lot of families want to know how this happened, how it got here. Have you had a chance to speak to any of your international partners, any of uh, President Xi, who I know you go way back with? Have you had a chance to ask him if these reports are true, that China maybe misled the world at the beginning? No, I, I have not had that conversation with President Xi. Thank you. You can see it. You can see it. It's right there. It's like China got their money's worth, doesn't it? I think this is a tell as well. When Joe Biden became vice president, you know, 
He used to run around talking about what a poor senator he was, poorest man in Congress. He never said that about his vice presidential years. Stop talking about that. I have the feeling that he was thinking about big money. Watch when he took the oath of office for the vice presidency. All the way back in January of 2009, something interesting happens. That I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely. Without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. Without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. And that I will well and faithfully discharge. And I will well and faithfully discharge. Did you catch that? There's a slight hesitation that I will well and faithfully discharge. One more time, please. Will well and faithfully discharge. And I will well and faithfully discharge. It's there. Microsecond, but I think he was very enthusiastic, maybe even ebullient about the potential, the earning potential of that job. Can I see the text? What made him hesitate ever so slightly? and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office I'm about to undertake. What do you think? We'll come back to this in a moment, but now this. War is hell, obviously, right? And that's why you fight a war as a last resort. The Israelis, they have no choice whatsoever. Hamas asked for this, and the Israelis are gonna finish it. I can't believe the overt anti-Semitism we are seeing globally. It's so sad, tragic, really. But it reminds me of what's going on in this country, actually, in a certain way. Let's take a quick quiz. Put them up on the screen. A and B. Choice A or choice B. Which one is a war zone? Guess. Which one is the war zone, A or B? The answer, the war zone? B, that's Gaza. That is, God. that is the border between Egypt and Gaza today, today. Uh, so let's take a look. Texas on one side, Gaza on the other. Which one looks actually more organized and more like they've got their act together, huh? Isn't that utterly crazy? Let's do another one, hmm? A or B, which one is the war zone? Choice A or choice B? Can you figure it out? Should be obvious, huh? The war zone is B, Poland. This is the Ukraine-Poland border, right? Everything's orderly, everything's organized, no big deal. They know what they're doing. So let's put that side by side. Texas is on the left, Poland is on the right. Wow, do we have a problem. And today, our democratically elected leaders were out there trying to fix it all this week. One of my favorites is Senator Josh Hawley. You may have seen his uh, skirmish yesterday with Mayorkas. He's calling him out for his incompetence and uh, negligence and possibly willful negligence. But the fake news ignored all that and actually said that Mayorkas somehow got the better of this moment. He didn't. He used a cheap trick and then he hid and then he misled, and then he, well, this is what he did. Senator Hawley takes a adversarial approach to me in this question, and perhaps he doesn't know my own background. Number one, adversarial, that's okay. It's an adversarial system. 
It's supposed to be that way. It's okay to disagree. You're supposed to. You're still supposed to do your job. What does Mayorkas' background, though, have to do with anything? He's got a job to do, and he's not doing it. Well, watch what he says. Perhaps he does not know that I am the child of a Holocaust survivor. Perhaps he does not know that my mother lost almost all her family at the hands of the Nazis. And so I find his adversarial tone to be entirely misplaced. I find it to be disrespectful of me and my heritage. And I do not expect an apology, but I did want to say what I just articulated. This is a new um thing that they're briefing him on. Talk about some sympathetic aspect of your life, some personal story, and try to shame them and try to hide behind the men and women of the Department of Homeland Security when it's him who's not doing his job, he who's not doing his job. He was born in 1959, by the way. All right, this is well after the Holocaust. I am so, the Holocaust was the most horrific thing that probably ever happened in the history of the world. But his mother's experience, I'm sorry, I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with where we are right now, where our border is worse than what's happening in war zones. And this is uh, Mayorkas's job. He's the Secretary of Homeland Security. But this thing of trying to turn the tables and use this, the Holocaust, as a, as a tool to gain sympathy, they're all doing it if they can do it. Merrick Garland, anyone? Remember him? He, he did something similar. You're not even supposed to question him because of, uh, I don't know, his ancestors. Watch. My family fled religious persecution in Eastern Europe at the start of the 20th century. My grandmother, who was one of five children, born in what is now Belarus, made it to the United States, as did two of her siblings. The other two did not. Those two were killed in the Holocaust. And there is little doubt that but for America, the same thing would have happened to my grandmother. But this country took her in and under the protection of our laws. She was able to live without fear of persecution. That protection is what distinguishes this country from so many others. Well, he's blowing off a lot of our laws and misusing our laws. And he just supervised, essentially, the indictment of a president of the United States. This is not a man who's particularly concerned with the law. You know, I have relatives, actually, who died in the Holocaust. My wife's family, yeah. That doesn't, <laughs> if you don't do your job, what difference is And he uses it. He uses it as a tool to get out of tight spots. And this guy's in a lot of tight spots. Through the chair, I ask you, do you agree that traditional Catholics are violent extremists? Okay. I have no question. idea what, your, what the traditional uh, means here. The idea, let Catholics me just, that go I to church. Your, may I answer your question? Yes the idea no. that someone with my family background would discriminate against any religion is so outrageous, Mr. so absurd. Mr. What do you call this? Self-righteousness, virtue signaling? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, he's not doing his job. He's actually doing damage to this country. And I'm sorry, his grandmother, he was born, when was he born? He was born in 1952, all right? This is well after the Holocaust. I don't believe he met his... Anyway, I'm really sorry. You know, he's so passionate about these issues. 
maybe he should be showing that passion at the White House, where they seem a little bit ambivalent about Hamas and Israel. We've seen what's happening. I'm not ambivalent. This is terrorism. This is attempted genocide at the very least, okay? And what do we get from this administration? We get hemming and hawing and, uh-oh, what's the squad going to think? And this one, KJP, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she will not even call the pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, anti-Israel, anti-Semitic demonstrators and uh, rioters and the like. She won't call them... Uh, she won't call them extremists. She won't do it. All right, one more thing. Hawley and Mayorkas. You saw it. I saw it. Look, which side do you think the fake news took, huh? <laughs> In this exchange, they think Hawley is the one who's at fault because he didn't know that about Mayorkas. He's completely, totally, utterly, without shame, calling a Holocaust survivor's son anti-Semitic. Well, shamelessness is a defining characteristic of so many in the Republican Party right now. Wow. Huh? Look at this guy sucking up to the boss, Joe Scarborough. What a thing to say. Oh, gosh. He didn't know he was a Holocaust survivor's uh, uh, great-grandson, grandson. I don't know. Uh, sorry, but nobody in America has special status based on what happened to our ancestors in Europe? It's part of his family history, and I hate the Holocaust. I hate anti-Semitism, but you can't play that card when it's your job to take care of the border, and you're not doing it. Maybe not doing it on purpose. All right. To reemphasize, three smoking guns Joe Biden released over the past 60 days. And Joe's denials, if you really watch them, they're more and more revealing. This one didn't get much attention. In fact, it's very hard to find online. You'll notice a couple of technical glitches, but uh, watch and listen to Joe's denial. I don't discuss business with my son. I didn't know that was the case when, in fact, I found out after the fact. And because I don't discuss things with my son or my family, because I don't want to have any knowledge of any, I, I don't want to be accused of, well, you talk with your son or you talk with your whomever. I don't want to have any knowledge. I don't want to have any knowledge of what they're doing. I don't, kind of reminds me of what Bobolinsky said, plausible deniability. Three smoking guns so far. Here's two of them, and I'm told a lot more are waiting. Just because you haven't heard of them or just because the New York Times doesn't acknowledge them doesn't mean they're not there. And uh, Joe's in trouble, believe me. We'll be right back with Congressman Comer, who revealed to the world these checks. Unfortunately, not too many people are paying attention. It makes it no less important. Be right back with Congressman Comer. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. I have not had, a, the only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. <laughs> well, beyond a shadow of a doubt, uh, Joe Biden was lying then. Uh, Hunter did, in fact, make money. He's actually, they've had to admit that. And Joe Biden himself may have paid money from China, according to this new evidence, and it seems like a blockbuster. A $40,000 check has emerged. Uh, the House Oversight Committee has figured out that the money originally did come from uh, a Chinese company with Communist Party ties and flowed to Joe Biden 
through his brother and his sister-in-law, Sarah Biden. This $40,000 check, I have a blown up version of it right here, <laughs> written to Joe Biden from Sarah Biden for $40,000, September 3rd, 2017. We have this thanks to the diligence, commitment, and integrity of James Comer and his colleagues on the House Oversight Committee. Uh, Congressman Comer, Republican of Kentucky, welcome back. How are you? And uh, this was one way to start the day this morning. Yeah, we're all about transparency. We're all about following the money. And uh, we found this check and we traced it back. As you can see from the arrows, it was difficult to trace back. Uh, the reason it's difficult, that's what's called money laundering. But uh, we know with 100% confidence that that $40,000 that landed in Joe Biden's pocket came from China. And if you want to go one step further, it, it came five days after Hunter Biden sent that WhatsApp message threatening the Chinese national saying his father was sitting beside him. That's that $5 million right there. So so a month after that text, it ends up Joe Biden gets $40,000 of that. It is totally amazing. It's so logical. Here it is. You, you lay it out brilliantly for us, uh, by the way. We played chunks of your video release uh, earlier today. And, um, you know, Joe Biden would taunt members of the media, taunt members of your committee, taunt the American people with statements like this when it came to uh, where this money might be. The bribery allegation, Congresswoman Nancy Mace says there's damning evidence in the FBI file that you sold out the country. Do you have a response to the congressional Republicans? Where's the money? I'm joking. Mr. President, Mr. President, I'm a bunch of malarkey. Where's the money? That seems almost like a brag at this point, because mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. took these, it looks like, precautions. And as that oligarch uh, once observed, it would take a million years for anybody to ever figure this out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, they didn't think we would get their personal bank record. But one thing that we've done, and I think we've done it well, and it's, you know, it, it's created some problems with some people that are frustrated and impatient, but we built the case. Now, when we subpoena something, we're going to win in court. And, and most of these Republican investigations, they rush and they do things at public pressure. And they go, oh, we're going to bring them in. We're going to ask them all these questions. Look what we found out in the last seven months. Look what we found out in the last month. A $250,000 wire from China to Joe Biden's house. They said that was a loan. A $200,000 check to Joe Biden. They said that was a loan repayment. $40,000 check here. They said was loan repayment. That came from China. We're finding all this out because we're, we're able to get actual financial records in their personal account. And I've always believed that this money laundering scheme didn't end with the shell companies. I always felt like there were other arrows that would point to Joe Biden. And that's what we found in the last two checks that we've disclosed. You know, he always boasted about being the poorest man in Congress. I noticed he didn't mm -hmm. say that when he was the vice president, didn't say he was the poorest vice president ever, never really talked about his finances once he was vice president. What is the significance of the uh, this happening in 2017, September of nine months or so after he left the vice presidency. Do you think that's important? It is important because, first of all, he had nothing about any cash or any accounts receivable on his financial disclosure form when he was vice president. So in January 2016 or 2017, he was still vice president. So what they're trying to say is, well, he gave his brother a short term loan. Well, it, it had to be a real short term loan. Because, and where did he get the money? When, when, on January 1st? Did it get, or, or on February 1st when he leaves the vice presidency? Did, did 
$250,000 just pop in his account? And remember, around the same time, he bought that house for $2.75 million in cash. So $2.75 million plus the, the $250,000 they're claiming he loaned to his brother, which I don't believe is loan, but the media is going with it, so whatever. That's $3 million cash. So that's a lot of money for a guy that on his financial disclosure form didn't have any cash just a few months earlier when he left the vice presidency. You know, Congressman, it is amazing. After all, it says loan repayment right there, yeah. right? So, so many people are saying, well, it's obviously a loan repayment. I mean, it says it right there. But this this yeah. is the Bidens writing that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look how many times Joe Biden lied. He acted like the laptop was Russian disinformation. He, he said his family never took money from China. He said he never met with any of these people that sent his family money. He said none of the money ever transferred while he was vice president. All of that is a lie. He has lied so many times to the American people. A at some point, the mainstream media has to has to scratch their head and say, you know what, he's, he's lied an awful lot about this. Maybe there's some truth to the fact that he knew. I mean, I think the media knows now. They just don't like to talk about it. They know the family was influenced peddling. They know the family was money laundering. They know the family evaded taxes to the tune of millions of dollars. But what they're hunkered down and in, in the, the line in the sand is, well, Joe didn't know anything about it, yeah. and Joe wasn't involved. These are at least, I count, three smoking guns that would have taken down any um, yep. Republican president. You know, the mainstream media, they're invested in not reporting this story because this was happening in plain sight for a long time. They denied right. it. They overlooked it. They made excuses for him. He's been lying forever. But the problem is, if the mainstream media ignores it, there are regular people out there on our side, middle of the road, who are like, well, you know, it, the New York Times hasn't reported it because right. too many folks in the conservative media, in my opinion, wait for the New York Times to do something before it's really, really real. No, I agree with you. And, and I want you to know, I want everyone in America to know, we brought in the New York Times. We brought in the Washington Post. We brought in CNN and CBS, and we show them what we have. It's not like we're, we're neglecting the mainstream media. I have been over backward and been as transparent as possible with the mainstream media. They will not report it. I don't know if it's because they don't understand it because they're financially illiterate. I don't know if it's because they're so biased they don't want to do it. Or I don't know if it's because they hate Donald Trump so bad they don't want to unintentionally hurt him, which I think it's choice C of those first three options. But but regardless, the, the fact that they won't report it is uh, it's criminal. I mean, you know, you never would have known about Watergate had it not been for investigative reporters like Woodward and Bernstein. You know, there are no curious investigative reporters anymore uh, in, on Capitol Hill. You know, yeah. None of the print media wants to talk about this. It's amazing. It really is. Oh, don't get me started on Woodward and Bernstein. Those guys are not exactly innocent. I've, I've got my own sure. beef with those guys. But listen, Carson Comer, fantastic work. Um, congratulations. I know you're on it and you won't stop. Real quick, are we expecting something in the next month or so, would you say? Some, something, uh, some other development? I would say less than a month. Yes, sir. You'll All be right. very happy. Stay uh, tuned. Thank you, Congressman Comer, very much. All the best. Thank you. Remember George Santos, the guy who told a few lies about his background? Not nearly as many as Joe Biden. Believe me, he'd have to do uh, a lot more lying to catch up to him. 
there's something about this guy that actually is, well, he may not be all that bad after all. And the hypocrisy in Washington about him is absolutely disgusting. More when I come back. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. This is Jamal False Alarm Bowman. Somehow he became a congressman. And, uh, well, you know what he did, right? He pulled the emergency signs off and pulled the fire alarm and uh, put a lot of people at risk. You do that when you're, I don't know, in third grade, you will be expelled. (laughs) You'll get a juvenile delinquent card. You'll be in big trouble. Anybody would. But he's Jamal Bowman, Democrat, far-left Democrat, Antifa sympathizer, anti-Israel, you name it, this guy is bad news. Uh, So he gets a pass on all that stuff. The media interest in this crime of his was minuscule. They let him off the hook. Watch. A lot of folks want to know why you didn't tell anybody when you pulled it. Yeah, I mean, you remember that day, right? It was like, there was a lot going on. It was the vote to keep the government open. There was a motion to adjourn. So I was just in a rush, man, you know, trying to get down the street. I was actually running to the Capitol at one point. Um, so I was just in a hurry and didn't get a chance to do it. And, you know, yeah, so that was all my bad. Any criminals out there, remember, the next time you get caught doing something, well, you know, a lot of things were going on that day. We were in a rush, and that's why I uh, broke the law because of a motion to... Uh, isn't that what they do down there, have motions and stuff like that? That's why he pulled the fire alarm, right? All that stuff. Well, you know what it was. And you notice the, the media, they were just kind of accepting it. They were just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. There were like two reporters there. Tell us more, Congressman. Oh, why did you do that? Okay. Compare this to... George Santos. You know about George Santos, a Republican from uh, Long Island, right? He got there about the same time Jamal Bowman. This guy got caught lying on his resume, like where he went to college, uh, stuff about, uh, you know, how good he was at volleyball, that kind of stuff. Watch how they treat him. The New York Republicans are calling you a disgrace. You will not. And what's your reaction to members of your own party <laughs> This guy didn't do one wrong thing since he's been a congressman. And look at what they're doing to him. Look at that. Isn't that a little um, over the top? It is, obviously. And weak Republicans are playing right into the hands of the left on this one. Bowman can put everybody at risk by pulling the fire alarm. What if there was a fire somewhere else, you know? This guy is Republican D'Esposito, is that his name, Uh, from upstate New York somewhere. And he shows up on CNN to do what you do when you're a Republican on CNN. Bash other Republicans. I think that George Santos has embarrassed this institution. He's a stain on New York and Nassau County. And the fact is that he keeps saying that we're going to leave this to the people of the 3rd Congressional District. They voted for someone who is not George Santos. He lied about everything, his education, his faith, the fact that his mother uh, was a victim of of 9-11, the fact that his grandparents were victims of the Holocaust. Everything that he ran on was a complete lie, and he doesn't deserve to be in this house. We don't know, actually 
everything he ran on was a complete lie. All right. We don't. All right. There are a lot of things flying around in the fake news. He's admitted to making up some stuff. You know, at least he admitted it. Joe Biden. My goodness gracious. This guy, his entire career based on lies. Remember 1987 when he got busted lying about, you know, having three degrees when he barely had one and all these honors that he didn't receive and all those toll tales about his grandfather and his father and growing up and this, that and the other. It's a congenital liar. And Congressman D'Esposito doesn't see a problem with that. I have a problem with that. All right. Give this. Uh, what's his name again? What's that guy's name again? Santos. Give him a break. All right. This guy. This is the problem. Not one congressman from Long Island. All right. Also this big announcement. Newsmax is launching Newsmax Plus. And that means starting today, if you watch Newsmax on streaming services like Samsung, Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Viso and other services, even your Newsmax app on your phone, you will need to subscribe, please, to Newsmax Plus. Now, once you sign up for Newsmax Plus, you'll get a code and you can watch Newsmax by getting our app on your TV store. You know about the TV store, right, if you got the streaming, uh, or by using the code in the Newsmax app. It's actually really simple. It works just like Netflix and other Plus services. So you can keep watching great shows. Uh, you got Rob Schmidt. You got Greta. You got this show. You've got Eric Bowling and uh, Carl Higby. He's doing great. Chris Salcedo, Mike Huckabee, and more. And no one covers the news, the 2024 presidential race, and what's happening around the world like Newsmax does. And Newsmax Plus gives you all our show archives, okay, and great news specials with President Trump, stories about the Biden administration, and even history and current affairs. We really do have some great programming there. And it will help inform and entertain and educate you and your family. I enjoy it very much. So start today, okay, and go to the Newsmax Plus website, NewsmaxPlus.com, NewsmaxPlus, P-L-U-S.com, and sign up. If you like Newsmax, you'll really love Newsmax Plus. Again, please go to Newsmax Plus, Newsmax, P-L-U-S.com to sign up today. And we thank you. I'll be right back. So the atrocities of October 7th and beyond, those evil terrorists and what they've done to innocent people, you know, some of this, uh, some of their funding may have come from America. Yep, the United States of America, some of our money, your money, my money, may have and may be funding Hamas. Take a look at this headline from the Jerusalem Post. This is from 2021, reflecting a new initiative from the Biden administration. U.S. to provide over $360 million to rebuild Gaza after conflict. All right, they're always having conflict over there. This is all the way back in 2021. And then we have this from Anthony Blinken, our very weak and apprehensive and somewhat shifty Secretary of State. Can I promise you in this committee that there'll be 100 percent uh, delivery to the uh, designated recipients? No. Um, there will inevitably be some spillage. We haven't seen it to date, but I think we have to anticipate that. But the overwhelming, overwhelming majority of the assistance thus far is getting to people who need it, and we need more. Spillage! <laughs> American money making it into the hands of terrorists. Uh, one of... Uh, well, Rick Grinnell joins us. Rick Grinnell, the former ambassador to Germany under President Trump and senior national security analyst here and former director of national intelligence acting 
Welcome back, sir. Uh, that's, uh, that's pretty infuriating, isn't it? I mean, we need to call it what it is. He's very comfortable with some of our billions of dollars going to a terrorist organization. He said, you know, I can't promise you that it's not going to, but we are still going to go ahead and do it. That's what he's saying. Uh, I don't understand what's happening in Washington, D.C., Greg, because everybody that I know looks at this man who is secretary of state and the president of the United States, and they think they're buffoons. They can't understand how you can give billions of dollars to a radical regime in Iran and then not be surprised that they are going to launch a war against you. Bloomberg News in August of this year was quoting the Biden administration on how confident they were that they had uh, their relationship with Iran on a good path. Think about that. It's unbelievable. The intelligence community not only has missed this cozying up to uh, Iran by the Biden team, but the same intelligence community told us that if Donald Trump moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, there'd be World War III. Not only was there not World War III, but President Trump actually ushered in world peace between Arabs and Israelis. Those are just the facts. The Afghanistan loss uh, showed the world so much about American weakness and Joe Biden's indecisiveness and weirdness. And uh, we all saw the caskets come off the plane and the rest. That was a signal. Uh, but also, I believe, and I think you've uh, maybe uh, spoken about this and written about this, when United States senators like uh, Christopher Murphy took to the floor of the U.S. Senate and started uh, talking about the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and Russia, this was another type of signal. Can you explain that? I mean, look, the, the Senate Democrats believed that they had to drop the Trump sanctions on Putin's pipeline because somehow it was a bad policy that was going to make things worse. But anyone, I don't care if you're a, a blatant uh, political lefty journalist or someone who's just sitting in the Midwest listening to this, Everyone can see that when the Senate Democrats decided to drop the Trump sanctions on Putin's pipeline, that was a signal of weakness. It signaled not only a weakness to our enemies, uh, but it, it was a signal of weakness to Americans who, who saw this for what it is. And now we, we see Putin who went in and started this war in Ukraine because he figured, well, Joe Biden and the Democrats are going to drop the sanctions on me, so they're clearly not going to stand up to me. I don't understand why the strategy doesn't get more of a focus, because the Democrats and Joe Biden's strategy completely failed. A year from right about now will be the election, the general election. We anticipate that President Trump will be the nominee. I don't anticipate that Joe Biden will be the nominee. It looks like he's in a very good position, notwithstanding these crazy indictments. I know you keep in touch with him. How is he feeling? How are you feeling right now about where he is in terms of this campaign? You know, when I talk to President Trump, I'm inspired because uh, here's a guy who, who absolutely does not need this. He could have an amazing life uh, outside of this. But he understands that when 91 charges comes up against him, this is reflective of the Biden takeover of DOJ and the partisanship of Washington, D.C., if it wasn't him, it would, it's going to be somebody else. So we need to elect Donald Trump to come back so that we clean up DOJ, we clean up the FBI, we clean up all of these agencies that have been turned into partisan 
uh, massive holes of, of people who just are out to get their political enemies. That's very un-American. Well, Rick Brunel, we thank you again uh, for your insight, and we're very hopeful about your future and America's future. I hope you're in the Trump administration if it happens, and I hope it will. Many thanks, sir. Thanks, Greg. Did you hear that the head of the Marine Corps, General Eric Smith, uh, is in the hospital, had an emergency? And guess who they're blaming for this man's heart attack? And I hope he gets better, by the way. Tommy Tuberville, Republican of Alabama. It's not his fault. He's not doing anything wrong. In fact, Tommy is a hero. More when I come back. He's innocent, too. General Eric Smith, Commandant of the Marine Corps, had some sort of health emergency. He's in the hospital. He's off duty right now. We want him to get better. Commandant of the Marine Corps. I was in the Marine Corps. We love the Commandant. Uh, he was working very hard. He said this a few weeks ago. It is not a sustainable thing when the last thing you do is flip your computer off at 1130 at night and you're getting up at five in the morning. Wow, that's a hell of a schedule. But guess what? The fake news is blaming Tommy Tuberville, the Republican senator from Alabama, because he doesn't like it that the Pentagon is in the abortion business and neither do I. And he said, you know what, uh, all the generals? If you want to get promoted, we're going to do it one at a time. You know, the Senate has to confirm these promotions. He's made it a little bit less efficient. He's trying to send a message, and I think that's a powerful and good message. And right now you have Democrats and fake news people trying to say that this guy, Senator Tuberville, who I admire and respect, almost killed this general. Well, don't believe it, all right? Now, I want the general to get better, but this has nothing to do with Tommy Tuberville. He should keep up what he's doing. You, sir, get better. And if you're working too hard, delegate a little bit, all right? We got about 150,000 Marines who want to help. Go, Tommy! On Halloween, I got so much candy, and my daughter did too. She got some. This is Annalise's Ariel, and we had a wonderful day. Thank you, Annalise. I'll see you tonight, and I'll see you tomorrow.